podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by the armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. Uh, my regular co-host, Giri, is a bit busy today, so I'll be your host. Instead, we have a guest host joining us, Sarthak from uh, India. Hello, Sarthak. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Yeah, it's great to be on Armchair Cricket Podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you for joining and I hope uh, we'll have a very nice chat to go. Yes. So, what is your interest with cricket and uh, how come podcasting? Yeah, so I started uh, writing for various websites. I'm a freelance sports writer and I started writing for various websites 16 months ago. And I have been a former intern with Hotstar. And so, this is my first podcast and I'm very excited to do it. Great to have you on board. You know, it'll be good. I will yeah. enjoy the journey, I'm sure. So, before we get into the serious stuff, what is this Twitter storm uh, that's going on around some Anushka Sharma being served tea, whatnot? What is that, uh, sir? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, in the newspaper today morning, it was there was a report that Farooq Engineer said that one of the selectors was serving tea and there's a Mickey Mouse uh, committee of selectors and stuff. So, there was a lot of uh, buzz around it, but not quite trending. And today in the evening, it was uh, uh, like uh, that. It was reported that uh, Anushka Sharma put out on Instagram and Twitter about how she is, uh, how she has faced criticism over the years, and she has finally broken her silence on all those topics. Like right from the performances she was blamed for to the fact that she, uh, people said that in the foreign tour she exceeded the limit. Uh, that was given to wives and girlfriends. So that was a great uh, initiative from Anushka Sharma today because she silenced all those critics and all those bashing trolls or needless trolls, ridiculous trolls on her. So I think it was a great step by Anushka Sharma. And of course, it's, you know, the Rohit Virat fan was and stuff always happened. But all of them today have united against uh, the, uh, I have taken a stand and appreciated Anushka Sharma. Nice to hear. But... You know, interesting perspective. So, if she had ever broken a rule, for example, with overstaying of wives and girlfriends sort of thing, uh, is there any defense to that, I'm thinking? No, but uh, she has never broken a rule because that's what she said. That Because even during the World Cup, the, uh, she was only there for one game and she was only there for four days total from the 45-day duration of the World Cup. So, it is very unlikely of Farooq engineer to see her only during that one game, only during that one game is this one selector comes and serves her tea and there is a very, uh, you know, funny ending that Anushka has given, like um, she said, for the record, I drink coffee. So, as Farooq engineer said that uh, it was mm. the selector served tea, so... It was like a very b- funny ending given to it. And that's what, you know, the, she ended it on a light note. And that's very good. 
Yeah, that's a nice approach indeed. But look, I was referring to the previous uh, incident when she went to Australia when Kumble was the coach and it became an issue we heard because I think they had a some sort of a rule with wife storing and no girlfriends allowed or some such thing. But anyway, I'll not go into that. Look, it's fine. So for me, right, always ignoring trolls is probably the best thing to do. There is no point in taking them on because yes. they'll find something else. That's my approach or my idea. But it doesn't matter, right? So. as you said she came back with a strong response that's also a very good way of handling it right of course that's a very good uh, way of handling it because as she said it's happening repetitively and that's why you know first time she kept quite second time she kept quite but this is the seventh or the eighth time it's happening majorly you know after the world cup we thought that the people were very mature that they didn't blame anyone mm-hmm. but again you know former cricketer coming in and uh, criticizing her so it was high time she answered those trolls i think we are on a different pages on this but i think this was a high time she answered all those trolls and today after today i don't think that anyone any former cricketer or any fan uh of course there will be some but there will be a negligible number of fans after today who will take on not only anushka but different vibes uh, vibes of different players uh after a poor performance all right all right we'll see how it pans out usually history says otherwise when you pour a bit of fuel into the fire it grows yeah. higher or it grows yeah. more stronger we'll see we'll see but all right i mean uh, it's good you know, something some some nice um, you know people using their social media cloud to sort of uh, make it a platform to say a few things to their detractors or to people who keep teasing them it's it's such a good thing it's a good way to come out with it right rather than hide it so that was a nice thing to talk about but uh, going back to the serious matters at hand so the australia um, sri lanka series is going on right sri lanka stood up australia with the t20 yes uh, did you happen to catch those matches yeah of course i catched those matches and there was a lot of excitement uh, for me because Uh, Sri Lanka whitewashed Pakistan before this uh, in their own den, and mm-hmm. so and after that I expected a lot of Sri Lanka because that was their second string or third string side that third Pakistan. So with the first string side, with the first choice side, they have the likes of Malinga over there, and there was a lot of anticipation, but it turned out to be a damn squib. Indeed, ah, so it looks like you know their familiarity with conditions. had a bigger part to play in their victory in pakistan at least it looks like that because at least when it comes to both the matches first of all their batsmen really struggled with the bounce and the pace on the wicket right so but also they were outplayed comprehensively so when it comes to the first match you know david warner made a comfortable 100 and they had like terrible figures i don't know if you saw kasun rajita has the highest runs considered yeah, in a t20 he, was he got like a record of 75 for no wickets uh, that was figures yeah that's crazy right so when you look at somebody like nuan pradeep a more experienced bowler he's taken 28 uh, runs considered rather and no wicket yeah. taken but that's also four overs so you can see the whole gamut somebody even like malinga went for a lot of runs so you know the credit should be given to the australian batsmen they made 233 but sri lankan batsmen could not fight back at all they were like 99 for 9 so yeah i probably you saw all of these uh, memes on uh, twitter again or somewhere online where you know warner outscored sri lanka Sort of yeah it's not only about warner outscoring sri lanka but i'll give you a stat sri lanka have scored 216 runs in the two t20s combined and they have yet not managed to surpass the australian total of 233 in the first innings so that's like a, a crazy stat that we have in front of us 
so and uh, uh, of course you talked about sri lanka being alien to those conditions but i think pakistan were equally strong in those conditions of course they don't play at home but uh, pakistan i thought i expected a lot of pakistan because they are uh, have been a force in the t20 international circuit for the last 3 years um, and there was a lot of expectations from me at least from pakistan everyone expected uh, but when it came to this i think there was a lot of gulf between the two sides when it comes to pure skill because you know warner finch maxwell and steven smith didn't even bat in the first t20 when he got his opportunity in the second he just brushed past uh, australia or he just brushed past sri lanka so uh, sri lanka need a lot of uh, skill or a lot of uh, mind games to play over australia but australia was just Sri Lanka was just no match to Australia in the end. Agreed, agreed. You know, first match it was the bowlers that shut Sri Lanka down. Second match again it was the bowlers. So I would say the difference in performances is mainly to the bowling, due to the bowling. But look, in the second match they were 117 all out. After I mean they looked a bit comfortable. At least in stages it looked like they were building a partnership. Avishka Fernando and Dikvala and these people were trying to do something. Yeah. There were. a bunch of teens nothing more maybe only kusal perera made 27 and gunatilaka 21 in the second t20 again this was in brisbane but it it looked if anything brisbane was faster it looked like brisbane was really fast and they struggled playing people like billy stanley can come in on brisbane pitch yeah of course and i think uh, on the second t20 uh, not only did they score or they were looking a bit comfortable they, you know when it comes to the score card and uh, they were not comfortable one will say but compared to the first story they were looking something they were trying to get some partnerships as you mentioned but even mm. in the first over they got the australian captain for a golden duck so we thought is there a chance now will sri lanka just give them some sort of fight if not any but warner and smith were just a class apart for them we always say that mm. david warner we all know that he is a three format player and he has been a force he has been in a force in the IPL he scored 500 runs he's been even great in the comeback season this may and uh, april but even steve smith there are a lot were a lot of questions whether he makes it to australia's best side in the t20 are the test performances this kind of giving him an, giving him an edge over uh, others who are t20 specialists should the t20 specialists play ahead of him but he showed that he is a class apart Indeed. Also, the other notable thing for me was how well the spinners of Australian uh, team bowled. You know, because you expect the fast yeah. bowlers to be good, no doubt there. Yeah, but like like we said, like uh, in both the games, uh, Ashton Agar, Adam Zampa were among the wickets, and even in the second game, you know, Stark was rested or injured, but uh, they, there was like they didn't miss him at all. Billy Stanley, uh, Stanley was equally good, and. Uh, Australia just brushed apart Sri Lanka. Indeed. Now, but uh, unfortunate event that we heard after the second uh, T20 that Glenn Maxwell has chosen to withdraw from international cricket for a while because of some mental yeah. health issues. Yeah. This is very unfortunate because you know I heard a bit of the banter that uh, was going on in the second uh, T20 and the first T20 when he was mic'd up, right? When he was in the field and he ran a batsman out. I think that was all very nice to see. It looked like he was enjoying his cricket. and also he made a very good 60 in the first uh, t20 but it looks like he had not been able to move on uh, past his test match uh, let's say no chances in the test matches yeah. and also his bad performances in odis so 
it comes as a bit of a shock right yeah it of, of course it comes a bit of a shock but as uh, you know it's not only about test cricket or t20 cricket or about different t20 leagues around the world it's also about your personal lives and you know you never know what's going on behind the scenes and like uh, you mentioned about uh, the, how he was poor in the test match and that's why maybe he was not there but i uh, you know there was a tweet uh, last month when uh, afghanistan humbled bangladesh and they said that uh, shakib was not looking like uh, uh, he was himself in that uh, test match when afghanistan registered their second win over bangladesh uh, second test win so uh, and as it turned out it was only 8 days after his uh, icc questioning so you never know you know this is of course a cricketing reason but you never know what's going on behind the scenes for all the cricketers they face so much of backlash and so many trolls on social media that of course their performances affect them somebody like maxil who knows that how his potential how, how good he uh, his potential is how he has seen the highs as well as he's seeing the lows so i think you know it's very unfortunate but i seriously hope that glen max will come stronger uh dan ever hey we wish him all the best and uh, in his recovery so you already touch up on the second uh, topic you know bangladesh uh, tour of india and of course shakib being questioned by icc and therefore he was probably mentally a bit low it turns out that there was some uh, real uh, you know evidence that they were trying to gather there it looks like yes. you know he's been banned for uh, two years one year of which has been suspended right? yeah it's a big blow right so it looks like i mean it, it looks like a rookie mistake for somebody who's so experienced in international cricket and has been playing yeah, of course right in so many international tournaments because uh, it looks like he's been like these approaches happened in uh, 2017 end of 2017 and beginning of 2018 but he's never spoken about it and we are talking about it in october 2019 right yeah so yeah how much do you think his absence will affect the team yeah, i think shakib the kind of world cup we, he had and of course the kind of international career he has had for the last 10 15 years he's the only uh, international cricketer today who can uh, claim to be his team's best batsman as well as his team's best bowler and which shakib it's like a school boy's mistake you know having played for t20 leagues all over the world after, before every series you have players uh, programs and counseling for uh, you know how for anti corruption things and it's like you don't expect a player of shakib stature to do such a mistake but i think you know as it may turn out maybe shakib thought that the kind of player or the kind of personality he is in bangladesh not only bangladesh cricket but in bangladesh the kind of public figure that he is he thought he may get away with it because he has done no wrong and you know as the chat turns out they are suspicious but uh, as of now uh, or for the record shakib has done no wrong right so well not reporting an approach is actually a punishable offense simply because that means yeah. you are letting this this rot set in and approach more probably more players who are cleaner or you know you have to stop it the moment you see it it's that sort of a thing of it's course. like you know there's something spilled on the floor you can't just leave it because you have not done anything it's not of you who spilled course. it because somebody else will probably touch it and it'll go all over yeah. the house it's, so it's a bad example to give but uh, you know it's still relevant yeah. he had to act and as a former captain and also current captain in many yeah. forms and i think he had to act. for a player of shakib stature 
maybe it was very right for him like a few months back sarfraz ahmed reported about uh, uh, some uh, bookie approaching him and you know he himself made a big news that a pakistani captain has actually come out in the open and said that no i don't want to do such things indeed indeed look i mean when you look at the other examples sarfraz is one but also if you remember brendan mccallum had uh, had to wait like uh, he himself did not report chris kane's approach for 3 years right so because it yeah. was somebody from within the team it it sort of also he felt a bit weird that this guy who's his childhood idol is coming to him and telling him let's fix matches or whatever right so yeah. brendan mccallum took 3 years to report it but it was a slightly different times it was 2011 to 2014 and the rules were not so strictly yet in place so he got away with it but now it's not possible because i think as you say after every tournament they are given briefings and they are given always some you know like anonymous way of reporting and there are many things yeah. so yeah, for yeah. example tamim right i don't know if you read about it did you read tamim's case uh, yeah but, but tamim has opted out of the tour for personal reasons right ah not that so tamim also had an approach earlier this year yeah so yeah yeah january this year tamim was approached and he went and like reported in two days yeah okay. and then immediately after that they took all those messages out and he was given some time to you know um, get away from cricket which he did huh? if he required to because he pulled out of some ongoing tournaments and stuff but you know at the end of the day it's your duty so there is another senior player right there in the team who set that example tamim right he yeah. immediately went to the anti corruption authority so maybe here you know shakib did make a school boy error you're absolutely wrong yeah right but look not only shakib the player but they'll also miss the captaincy of shakib because in tests they have appointed mominul haq who sort of new to the leadership setup you know and in t20s they have appointed mahmudullah so do you think uh, mominul will be able to cope with being the captain as well as uh, a top order batsman when they tour india Uh, it's a big big responsibility on mominul's shoulders um, i think you know this takes me back to two things it's a test captaincy but i compare it with t20 captaincy i think ms dhoni as player uh, i think he impressed everyone with his batting skills but when he was appointed the captain in 2007 everyone was like ms dhoni really you know ahead of your braj and uh, sehwag so you're as well you know you have mushfiqur rahim and you have many players but they have someone must have seen something in mominul players and said okay and you know that was a successful example i gave of ms dhoni but mm-hmm. when it comes to an unsuccessful example george bailey made his debut as a t20 international captain his first international game was as a captain so that is something but that didn't pan out for australia well and he wasn't like a long term captain for australia even you know i even remember him in the 2015 world cup playing one match as captain and the next match he is dropped because the regular captain is back so you know this may when you appoint not so experienced player as captain it may go either way and i think for bangladesh cricket they are hitting their peak right now they are playing at their peak but shakib was so much the so shakib was the nucleus of the side if I, uh, uh, i'll put it rightly that shakib was 40% of uh, bangladesh cricket success owes to shakib and about the players so players like mominal uh, mushfiqur rahim uh, even mehdi hasan taijul islam need to stand up now and take responsibility for cricket uh, for, uh, in the team and hope that bangladesh cricket is a bigger force in shakib's absence indeed but look 
just in defense of George Bailey, there was no reason to sack him as a T20 captain to begin with. He had decent record. There was no reason to stand him down from the World Cup in 2015 as well. That was one of those weird things. Yeah, they just wanted Steven Smith in the team. Uh, it's it's a long story. I'll not go into that. But I thought he was not dealt with right. George Bailey is one of those unfortunate characters. But in that was cricket. like a uh, that was like a problem of plenty in Australian cricket at that time, right? From the 2000 uh, 2000 to 2015, Australian cricket was like there was a lot. There were a lot of players who made their debuts late, like uh, Michael Hussey, for example, or players like Michael Klinger who simply missed out on. Even it happens in Indian cricket for now. It has happened in India. And I think yes, of course, George Bailey did no wrong. And there are many players in these two countries who have done no wrong, but they haven't got the uh, but they haven't got the opportunities as well because someone who was better than them got an opportunity. Um, well, I mean, I'll park that on the side because we saw what happened with Stevens with the captain in uh, South Africa. I'll not go there, right? We, history will judge it in 50, 60 years. We'll probably find out if indeed. Moving on so quickly from George Bailey was the right thing to do, but it's fine, right? Going, coming back to the Bangladesh uh, India tournament or the tour, you know, uh, the second test is going to be a day night affair, right? And something new is going to be done. Not only the the first day night match in India, it'll it's going to be held in Eden Gardens. That's a nice thing, but also they're going to use the SG pink ball for the first time. What are your thoughts on that? It's it's an excellent initiative, right? Within a week, not even a week, it were only. Four days, uh, Saurav Ganguly became a president of the BCCI, and right before that, he has stamped his authority. He was vocal on news channels and on commentary about the need of day night test. Even like a like a cricket crazy city like Kolkata, there were empty stands. So I hope that there is a full house in Kolkata like there was back in the day on the day five afternoon 2001 test versus Australia. I want to see that a full house of Eden Gardens. And of course, about you mentioned about the pink SG balls being used when the first uh, day-night affair in India was a club match uh, in Kolkata when Kosorov Ganguly was the CAB president, and then the Kukabura ball was used. But that time, this outer seam was green and the inner seam was white. Now, the, with the, they have uh, a lot of suggestions from Indian players who have played in the club game. Or the Dulip Trophy, they used the SG ball once, I think, for the in the Dulip Trophy last year, and they said that there should be a black theme. And as they said, uh, they want the pink ball to behave like the red ball. So let's see how it goes. And SG, the director of the SG, is very positive about it. And of course, as a fan, I am also optimistic about the use of SG ball. Indeed. Well, you covered it very nicely because you know. We will need to see full, uh, you know, test centers whenever there are tests played. It's always a nice thing to see. And with the modern day, nobody really has a time to take three, four days out of their schedule to go sit in a test match. So if you make it day night, there's a chance the afternoon sessions or the night sessions will be fuller. People who finish their days work can go relax there, right? So okay. that's always a good initiative. And I probably see in the upcoming few years. day night uh, matches being a common thing just like how you know these days day night uh, one day nobody even talks about it anymore it's a normal thing so just like that i'm hoping you know in 10 years time day night matches test matches also become a normal thing also maybe we will see four day tests do you think it is going to happen i think four day tests are a thing away and i do, i i personally am not in favor of four day tests because test cricket it's all about five days you know you looked at the ashes or 
about uh, the india australia series uh, in 2017 when australia came into india you know although the first test of course was only about 3 days but the second test the third test and the, uh, the fourth test all of them were like closely contested series but if you're talking about four day tests i think you know the thing uh, the uh, the teams if if it's about an india uh, uh, south africa series for example where the uh, the if it was a four day test india would have declared early and then it was it it's about not about proper test cricket let the tradition of the game be as it is for me good one uh, let's see if the administrators also agree with you i'm all in favor of keeping test match cricket going because that's the most important thing for me innovations like making it four day or making it day night using a pink ball all of these are nice things for me so all those innovations that can keep test match cricket flourishing that's what i am looking at so let's see you know maybe you're right five days are still probably relevant when it comes to the way people think about test matches so that you know the mindset of the people playing might change because it's a four day that's a very good point as well let's see how that goes right so you know all in all a lot of nice positives to look forward to in those test series for example bangladesh players to prove themselves also some day night test the first day night test in india and the new sg ball how it's going to behave and so on and so on so Plenty of exciting times ahead as far as this tour is concerned. Moving on, uh, we have the World T20 qualifiers going on, right? Uh, have you been following this, uh, Sarathar? Yeah, of course. Uh, I have been following it. I haven't watched every match, but the scorecard, of course, I've been uh, in touch with the scores about this. And the standard of, uh, as I have seen, the standard of World T20 uh, or the Associate Nations is higher than ever. Uh, there are teams, every team was in the fray. If Zimbabwe was dead, you know, it was uh, Nigeria wasn't really a competitor to the teams that were playing. But if Zimbabwe was there, it would have made a better tournament. But as it stands, PNG, uh, Papua New Guinea, and uh, Ireland qualify, Netherlands, mm, Scotland, uh, Namibia, all of them, Oman qualifying. So it's excellent for me. Uh, it was a very long format tournament to pick six teams, but they have gotten to those six teams. So that's very nicely done. And what you made, the earlier point is very relevant that the competitiveness of these games are very, very good. And it was there for everybody to see. Now, the question is, when they get an opportunity next year, can these teams pick it up to the next level? Right. Can they go compete with the big dogs, the top 10 teams or the top eight teams? And, you yes, know, of course. Make show it very nicely so the other thing of course for me because i live in the netherlands it's a big flip to the netherlands cricket team that they have qualified for another world cup right t20 and uh, that means there is more and more following for the sport here we are trying to promote the sport here and it'll be nice if you know more of uh, more international coverage comes to the netherlands because if netherlands plays abroad and they also do well in international sports as uh, international tournaments the game will get a bit of uh, yeah just coverage. a second uh, it's, a, it's not only about netherlands but as I said, there are a lot of teams that have been in the recognition. Like you said, last year when the ICC ODI World Cup qualifiers were being held, uh, UAE and uh, Hong Kong were like uh, one of the most uh, competitive associate countries and those two countries don't qualify now. So now I think in the next four or five years, we are going to have 2022 strong nations. Uh, of course, the elite five, six will remain uh, like a uh, class apart from the others but the remaining 16 will be giving a close fight to each other and that's very good for globalizing the game agreed i, I there are uh, you know that's the way icc should go that more teams should play and eventually you know get to the place where they are able to challenge at least in the first and the limited hours formats 
then eventually also in the longer format. So let's see how that goes, right? Now, if you look at some of the other uh, news from on and off the field, the first important thing, well, there's a lot of speculation going on about uh, MS Dhoni's career and all that, but the chief selector of India, MSK Prasad, you know, unequivocally put it out there. He said, uh, we are moving on. So it looks like MS Dhoni's career uh, as an Indian cricketer may have come to an end, Sartak. Yeah, I think it's certainly about time he retired. On a test, the cricket is out of question because he's retired a long back. But when it comes to ODIs, I think the next assignment is 2023 ODI World Cup in India itself. But uh, MS Dhoni will certainly not carry on till that point of time. So it's only about T20s where whether he will carry on till Australia. And of course, six months after that is the virtual T20 in India. So uh, in ODIs, I feel that uh, the uh, 15th of December uh, this year, West Indies played the first ODI in Chennai. With Gurupa Gurunath and Srinivasan's daughter as the president of the TNCA, she is trying hard to get those three stands uh, uh, reopened. And with a full house with Chepok, I think that might be. Uh, of course, Amazoni is not that kind of a player, but uh, that might be Amazoni's farewell ODI and farewell international match if he is not going to carry on in T20s. And even if he is going to carry on T20s, uh, MSK Prasad is really right in saying that he, they are moving on. Because they need to give in, enough opportunities to Rishabh Pant. Because Rishabh Pant is going, or uh, any other player, is the future. Uh, Maybe Rishabh Pant, Deshan Kishan, or Sanju Samson. Uh, there's like 10 years we are looking from now on. And these guys should be given a chance. So, of course, at some point of time, you should be moving on from MS Dhoni. Agreed, agreed. I mean, I'm not against the concept of, a, let's say, a farewell match. But it would be a bit weird. You're absolutely right. I would think this is the end of MS Dhoni as an international cricketer. But let's see. Let's wait and watch. You're absolutely right. They have such a lot of, uh, you know, fandom there. That he played his final uh, game versus New Zealand? I guess so. I think his international career is over. I mean, even if, let's say, he's been offered a game in the ODA format as a farewell, I don't know if he'll take it. Because, yeah, you know, well, my personal point of view at that point was that it is his last game. But then he would have announced his retirement at least not he after the, immediately after that. But after in August or September at least. There's no point carrying so, things, uh, carrying so much uh, now. And like I said, you know, if 15th of December is his final ODI, he has started preparations. He has started training with the Jharkhand under-23 team as per reports. So let's see. And Amazon uh-huh. will always keep you guessing. I think we need an entire podcast for this, entire episode for this. <laughs> for doing Makes this. sense. Makes sense. Let's see. Let's see how it unfolds. So in other news, so uh, in the KPL, uh, there was some corruption going on in the Karnataka Premier League and one of the team owners had been, team has been suspended and team owners were arrested. So it looks like there are more arrests because uh, Bengaluru Blasters and other teams, uh, batsman M. Vishwanathan, and bowling coach Vinu Prasad have been arrested as well. So it looks like this corruption thing goes deeper. So we really hope, you know, there has been uh, no games being um, affected because of this. This is all related to betting going on on the sidelines. But we really hope no results or, you know, spot fixing happened there. That would be a real shame because KPL, Karnataka Premier League, is one of the first, um, you know, sanctioned Premier Leagues that happened apart from IPL in India. And they have been going on for many years now. It would be a real pity if these things were to get affected. But, you know, we don't know how it's going to go. Uh, but we really hope, you know, it ends then and there. 
ರೈಟ್ ಸ್ಪೀಕಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ಕರ್ನಾಟಕ ದೇವ್ ಬಂದ ವಿಜಯ ಟ್ರೋಫಿ ವಿಜಯ ಹಜಾರೆ ಟ್ರೋಫಿ ದಿಸ್ ಇಯರ್ ರೈಟ್ ಸೊ ದೇ ಹನ್ ಇಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಫೋರ್ತ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದೇ ಹನ್ ಇಟ್ ಇನ್ ರಾಧರ್ ಬಿಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಅ ಡ್ಯಾಂಪ್ ಫೈನಲ್ ಅನ್ಫಾರ್ಚುನೇಟ್ಲಿ ಡಿಡ್ ಯು ಸಿ ದಿಸ್ ಸಾರ್ಥಕ್ ಯಾ ಆಫ್ ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಐ ಸಾ ದಿಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದಟ್ ದ ವಿಜಯ ಹಜಾರೆ ಟ್ರೋಫಿ ದಿಸ್ ಇಯರ್ ವಾಸ್ ಅ ಲಾಟ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಎಂಟರ್ಟೈನ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ you know there were a lot of players in action you know the come as you talked about the final the squad above the team playing 11 of tamil nadu versus karnataka was one of the strongest domestic teams from both sides you know out of the 22 players i think 15 16 players were like quality players who will play or for india or uh, have played for india you know when you look at the tamil nadu lineup it's about murli vijay abhinav mukund uh, baba prajit and uh, uh, ravi ashwin vijay shankar um, uh, sharukh khan who has been uh, like tip to get an ipl contract this year but uh, it's been a brilliant vijay hazare trophy this year with shivam with the likes of shivam dubey lighting it up uh, thoroughly and i said talked about the tamil nadu team there was one name baba prajit and i think that that guy uh today as well in the devadhar trophy opener india a versus india b he scored a, a very a sensible uh, knock of 101 of 101 balls of course and he was unfortunately run out in the second last over but with seven, uh, uh, close to 700 runs since the start of the vijay hazare trophy i think he's somewhere near to that india call, uh, line uh, call up interesting interesting so you see him fit into the india let's say the limited over sides yeah so about the t20 sides i don't think that right now with i think six players with shreyas ayer shubman gill shikhar dhawan kl rahul virat kohli rohit sharma six players fighting in for three spots and shreyas ayer i don't think that he is suited for number 4 but still he is given that uh, place in the t20 side because uh, you know you can he's just too good not to be in that side right so in the t20s i don't think that baba prajit has a chance but uh, as i said that in the odis uh, the top 3 are set as of now even if it's not for shikhar dhawan in scale rahul so the top 3 is set about number 4 i think it's time that uh, shreyas ayer has that spot for now and virat kohli has said even though he didn't play in the last odi series but come december west indies uh, i think shreyas ayer uh, shreyas ayer will be at number 4 rishabh pant for me is uh, a number a better suited for a finishing role at number 6 the tat uh, makes that number 5 is vacant and kedar jadhav was in that position with hardik pandya not there speculatively till the ipl um, shivan dobe you don't know whether he is going to get that opportunity but i think aprajit along with uh, krunal pandya is in the running for that number 5 spot even though he is better equipped for a top 3 player he is not a versatile player who can smack the ball out of the ground if uh, he comes in for let's say 250 for 3 in the 41st over but i think he's give a, he if he continues like this he can be a too good a uh, domestic player to miss out and maybe he can get uh, a chance to play in the Uh, in the indian team well let me throw another name at you who's also done really well in this year's vijay hazare trophy and i think has been a bit unlucky when it comes to his international chances and who's good at batting at number 5 can you guess who i'm talking about uh shivam dubey no 
You hit the nail on the head. It's Manish Pandey. Nobody talks about yeah. him anymore. Yeah, he's been really uh, good, and I think he was not given enough chances when it comes to his international career. And it was on and off, and he was also a bit unlucky. But I think he deserves to be given another chance on the back of this exact Vijay Hazare trophy that we are discussing right now. That you know, be given a chance and uh, given a chance, a run of 10-15 ODIs to see if he can make that number five spot his own. That would be my pick for the number five spot because. he has this flexibility to go up and down the gears as well if required right but then it becomes the same question uh, does it mean somebody like kedar jadhav is not getting uh, enough opportunities because he did not get enough opportunities in the world cup and this will be the next odi uh, series because they also did not give him much chances in the west indies so what do you think about that yeah i think we should touch, touch down about three two to three points there i think with the with kedar Arjado, uh, the selection committee uh, is about to get dissolved, and a new selection committee will be in place. So there were a lot of talk that why was Kedar Arjado, who will be 38 by the time India play the next ODI assignment, that is the ICC Cricket World Cup in 2023, why was he picked for the West Indies series right after the World Cup? So I think that when the new selection committee comes in, they will have uh, uh, they will have a vision, uh, new vision. and they may have they will have their players to play with like they uh, uh, will have krunal pandya or they may pick up rajit as well you mentioned manish pandey but it's not only about changing the gears at that position but uh, off late virat kohli wants the sixth bowling option who can give him five six uh, overs and in the bilateral assignments for now uh, hardik pandya is not available so manish pandey may not provide him with, with him with that option and with the top 5 if you are considering rishabh pant shreya sayar virat kohli rohit sharma shikhar dhawan you don't have anybody who uh, among them who bowls so aprajit uh, picked up four wickets in one game and i think that makes him a front runner at that spot good point all good points but look for me a batsman who's good at number 5 should be batting at above a batsman who's probably good in the top 3 because he takes time to build the innings and he's been pushed to play at number 5 you have shreyas ayer you have uh, pant who can finish right and you'll always have jadeja right let's not forget that guy so it's a longer discussion i'll probably put up in it now but uh, you know let's see how the indian selectors go as you said there's going to be a new selection committee and let's see how which way they lean i would say the world cup uh, 2023 is longer long enough away so not everything needs to be planned with that in mind so let's see how that goes right now going forward some other interesting news so you know with the sri lanka's uh, test match tour to pakistan coming up rawalpindi and karachi have been proposed as the possible test venues and sri lankan cricket for now seems positive that they'll be able to tour pakistan in uh, the december this year so it's a very good thing if sri lanka indeed were to be the first team to play tests again once again back in pakistan and Uh, you know lahore has been left out as one of the venues and that's also another positive because rawalpindi and karachi have been proposed and these both are karachi would you would always expect that to be a test but rawalpindi not always places like multan rawalpindi you know uh, all of these places also when they get to see tests it will always inspire the next generation of cricketers right so do you think it's a good idea there that uh, you know they're also trying to give other uh, venues there some opportunities Yeah, first of all, it's very good for Pakistan to again host Test match cricket because, like in India, you know, there are uh, uh, there are ardent fans of Test cricket over there as well who want cricket to come to Pakistan and with the purest format among them all going back. So that's 
excellent for Pakistan uh, cricket. Uh, about Lahore not being there, I think you know everyone expected Lahore to be there, but due to the smoke issue, uh, Lahore has missed out on the venue list. Uh, because there has been a lot of pollution of late and the uh, air quality isn't that good. And about uh, the Rawalpindi, they last hosted a match back in 2004 when India, you know, uh, toured them. That's even before Sehwag's first triple century. So that we lo- go a long way back. So let's see how it goes. And I say, genuinely hope that Sri Lanka tours Pakistan and Test cricket is back to one of uh, its oldest places. Yeah, nicely done. So, you know, moving on, uh, some interesting thing here that, you know, Cricket South Africa have suspended their inter- interim director of cricket, Kauri Panzail, because it looks like there has been some alleged uh, dereliction of duty due to non-payment of commercial rights fees during the previous year's uh, MSL, Zansi Super League. So, it looks like not just him, but also some other people have been, for, you know, put under, have been suspended and now there is a... Uh, investigation ongoing. It, it comes as a bit of a shock that, you know, it looks like some 2.4 million rand. That's a lot of money. Uh, so much of unpaid fees to the, um, you know, uh, the owners and stuff. Have you followed this? As of now, three people have been suspended by Cricket South Africa. Uh, that includes their commercial, commercial manager and chief operating officer, Clive Eckstein and Nase Apia. So, they've, you know, South Africa has been dealt with a lot of issues as of late. You know, Horan Lorgaard was, you know, ousted from the cricket South Africa. And ever since then, there hasn't been a strong board in place. And let me tell you, when there are issues of the field, there is not long before they come onto the field. Uh, they, they reflect to the performances of the national side. And that's what has happened. You know, the lack of base or the lack of, uh, the lack of quality administration has led to not you know a strong first class system and that you know we saw it south africa south african cricket even during the world cup or in the india series that has been degrading and it's very sad to see south africa at that stage when it comes to the mazansi super league and non payment of uh, broadcast uh, for broadcasting rights I think Mazansi Super League has been controversy's favourite child, right? From postponing the first edition due to lack of uh, sponsors to players opting out of it. And, you know, it, it was speculated to be South Africa's be- big venture in, and South Africa's revival. It didn't t- turn out to be. And I hope South Africa comes back as soon as possible from this mess. Indeed, indeed. So let's really hope they are able to sort their house quickly. And uh, in another good news from the Southern African continent, so the recently retired Hamilton Mazakadza has been appointed as the, uh, let's say, the director of cricket. So it's a newly created post, much like you know how ECB has one and many other boards out there have one of these. So there has been a director of cricket post being created for him. And it'll be a very good thing that somebody so experienced and was seen in international cricket for so long, 16, 18 years, is given this opportunity to go out there and define, let's say, the horizon of how the cricket should be played and how cricket should be set up in his country, right? So it's very good for Hamilton Masakadza to again be there. Uh, as you said, Andrew Strauss was appointed by the ECB right after the 2015 uh, World Cup and he did a f- excellent job and that was reflected by England winning the uh, 
2019 World Cup. Again, about uh, uh, Hamilton, he has a lot of issues to counter. You know, of late, certain that Ayhu and Brendan Taylor was were opted out of the national team because there wasn't enough payment, and Zimbabwe uh, was suspended by the ICC. uh were only to lift it after 3 months but zimbabwe cricket has a lot of issues and i hope hamilton masakadza sorts it out indeed uh, you know we really hope is given the time and also the necessary tools and the necessary you know um, authority to take a few actions and set all of these things right i mean you can't expect it to go away and like you know you use a magic wand and it's all good tomorrow morning probably not it'll take a few months and if not a few years to set it up i hope he's given that timeline to and a bit of freedom to actually go through with those changes yeah all right now uh, moving on to the trivia section so the trivia question from the previous episode was when was the last time india had inflicted a back to back innings defeat and on which which team so any guesses uh, sarthak i think i know the the answer but let the viewers answer it no no this was this was the question from the previous episode so you can answer it uh okay so sri lanka versus india 2008-9 ah okay well I, you have half of it right so it's sri lanka versus india not 2008-9 more recently so can you guess 2017 uh, when yeah. india tore yeah exactly so in 2017 when india toured so this um, tests that were played in colombo ssc beginning on 6th august and the next one the one that was played in palakkale on 14th august yeah. right both of those were innings defeats where india enforced a follow on so that's a very rare case so this yeah is so that question, was i think huh? the first time when india whitewashed a team uh, across all formats no, uh, am i right yeah yes that was the first time where they completely blanked uh, an away tour you know it was yeah, yeah. so all right so that was the right answer we didn't get any right answers but we always encourage our listeners and cricket fans to get in touch with us whether it's a right or a wrong answer it's fine we would really like to see some participation so the trivia question for this episode is also a very easy one so we were talking about vijay hazare trophy earlier so the question is which team has won the trophy most number of times so we spoke about karnataka winning it four times so is it karnataka is it another team so we are looking forward to some answers from our listeners so probably you know the answer to this question sarthak you can tell me also yeah offline. i know it and uh, i think just a clue that that team won it twice in the previous decade and twice uh, in this decade and we mentioned one of the players very extensively in this podcast so yeah all right a very good uh, clue there and i think you've more or less given the answer out let's see if uh, some of our viewers are able to immediately guess it right yeah All right. So you know, our listeners can always write into us. They could write into us using some social media platforms like our Facebook page or on Twitter at armchaircricketpod, right? Or using our mail uh, armchair.cricket@gmail.com. So all of these are good avenues to get in touch with us. Or you could leave the answer to your uh, to the trivia question of an episode as a comment to that episode. So we would also appreciate that. So you know, we are available on most of the uh, popular podcasting platforms out there. So if you listen to our episodes and if you like what we are doing please take a minute to give us a five star rating on whichever platform especially if it's apple podcast or podbean or some of these it really helps us a cast some of these are really useful right and it also gives us a nice feeling and also some encouragement to go ahead with full force 
So it was a very nice chat, Sarthak. Thanks for taking part. So do you have anything that you would like to, you know, talk about? Maybe your aspiring, uh, your aspirations and other things? Yes, yeah, so I aspire to become a journalist in the future. And my Twitter handle is Sarthak Tweets. So do follow that handle. Perfect. So thanks a lot for being a part of the show. And uh, we hope to have you back again soon, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. It was great being on this podcast as well, Ajit. And yeah, even I, I enjoyed this chat covering extensively. Hopefully next time we talk more about live Indian cricket games or about test matches so yeah <laughs> all right i get the hint so next time maybe we'll involve you it'll be uh, after some home tour or maybe during a home tour yeah of it, yeah right all right uh, thanks to all our listeners who keep tuning in and we hope to have your company in the upcoming episodes as well bye bye you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast